Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Hello, everyone. Perry here to let you know that this episode of Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all DC platform for us DC fans where you can binge the highly touted original series Titans, or you can jump into the all new Swamp Thing with new episodes dropping weekly. Also, be sure to check out the thousands of comics just added. Catch up on your favorite series, including Krypton Season 1, and watch animated movies like Reign of Superman. Join at DCUniverse.com. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Welcome back to Movie Talk. It is box office day, so we're talking about Aladdin crushing it at the box office this weekend. On top of that, rumors. I can't repeat it enough. Rumors, rumors, rumors about Venom maybe making his way into the MCU. We are going to clear everything up for you as much as possible with as much concrete information as we have right now. Because, again, the R word, rumors. And you know who is here to help us break down those Venom rumors? 
Okay, ready? One, two, three. Dembenabuoys. Dembenabuoys. Yes. Hey, there it is. That's I the magic. Said it it took some practice, it. but I got there eventually. Mm-hmm. Koi, as always, happy to have you here so on a glad Tuesday. To be here. And Hector, saving the day today. Poor Haley is not feeling well, but you just swooped right in. No and problem. This lineup today is kind of perfect for you. Yes, it is. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. All right, let's jump into it. Remember, box office time. So we had a big weekend at the box office because it was a four-day weekend, Memorial Day weekend. We also had a very big release in Disney's Aladdin. So for the four-day run, that movie made $112.7 million, which was well above expectations. As for our other two newcomers... They didn't really do as well as some of us had hoped, but with Brightburn, that $9.5 million four-day total is well above its reported production budget of $6 million. Not quite sure how much it costs to make Booksmart, but that movie sadly only opened up with $8.7 million, which was a bit of a bummer for me. I absolutely love the movie. I was rooting so hardcore for it, and it just... It underperformed. So what say you guys about Booksmart? What what happened here? And is there anything different that Annapurna could have done to make this movie get a little more money at the box did, office? First, did Brightburn really only cost $6 million? That's kind of awesome. Good for them. I'm yeah. really, really happy because I had a chance to see Brightburn and I really dug it. And I was hoping that people went out, especially horror fans, and go give it a shot. So I'm glad that that did that at least. And I hope that it finds... You know, an audience, and I hope we get to see more of it's that It's cool stuff. to see a movie that small of a budget in the top yes, five. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. It's, it's just yes. from that spread, like what this summer is, I was like, oh, hey. It was like Aladdin, John Wick, Avengers, Pikachu, <laughs> Brightburn. Hey, like like, hey, that's great. But but about uh, Booksmart, what happened? Well, I think it was a, a marketing issue because the movie was – it's a graduation film, but I think it should have came out at the end of summer. I know it's, it's coming out during graduation, yeah. but when the summer blockbusters start to thin out, but people are still out of school, make them nostalgic for going back to school. Tie it into the school. Cool flavor, give yeah. it that August release. That's what Superbad did, and I think that's what this could have done because they're the same market. And I really think it's a missed opportunity totally. because they put themselves in those crowded slot. This could have been spring, this could have been fall, this could yeah. have been late summer. Instead, it's like, oh wait, Avengers, John Wick, Pikachu, and like I'm. So if you're in LA, I'm seeing it today at 4:40. If you show up and we are all at the 4:40 <laughs> across, I'll be very happy because that movie gets some money. So 4:40 today, AMC 16. Let's give it some money. Yeah. I want it to do well. I, I agree with Koi. I think that. Um, uh, Annapurna was the was the distribution production house. I feel like it, two things. It absolutely could have been uh, released on a different day. This is a really tricky, crowded. The Memorial Day weekend was gonna belong to Aladdin. Like that sucks because we all want that movie to do well. We wanted Booksmart to do well. Secondly, too, I, I don't. I didn't love the marketing. I think that the yeah. marketing could have been a little bit clearer because <laughs> every one of those other movies. Maybe even with the exception of Brightburn, but kind of including Brightburn. Brightburn's like kids, superpowers, evil Superman, boom. Horror movie, superpowers, boom. Mm-hmm. Everything else is like easy to market. Aladdin, you know what you're getting for. Uh, you, know what you're, you know what you're getting with with that. Avengers, sure. Pikachu, got it. Uh, John Wick, got it. Like those are all sure things. And Booksmart, even if the marketing was trying to sort of stay true to the movie, mm-hmm. maybe it could have... I don't want to say like fudged it or lied more, but done something that is just a little bit more. You're going to have a good time if you go see this movie. I don't know. It almost seems like an unavoidable thing. And that's part of the challenge of delivering an original movie is you can't necessarily lean on the built-in audience that already understands what your property is. You have to find a new way to sell it. And that's part of the reason why, even though I think Booksmart is so much more than super super, uh, bad with female leads, I never really kind of knocked that saying down because it was an easy selling tool, but it is so much more. That's how I sold blockers. 
is because I loved Blockers last year. I thought it was a great comedy. <laughs> yeah. And people would be like, what's that? And I'd be like, look, it's super bad, but with great young female leads, but much more mm-hmm. than that. But at least that's the hook of like, okay, all right, it's a raunchy, you know, coming of age, sex positive comedy. I said it was a sex positive American Pie. Yeah, and that's yes. how I got people to see it. I'm like, this right. is a sex positive American Pie for this generation. And what I would have done with Booksmart is I've heard about it because of us. I've heard about it because of word of mouth right. amongst the film community. I would have had one of those trailers I usually hate being like, this generation super bad, collide. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And at least it would have had that like grassroots flavor where Whereas instead yeah. it had the same trailer I'd seen over and over again. I didn't get anything new. A lot of people are also looking at Superbad's box office mm-hmm. and saying, well, uh-oh, should we be worried about R-rated comedies with female leads? Because people are going to point at that and say, oh, sure. well, that made so much money. And yes, it did. It made a lot of money opening week. And I think it was something like $33 million. Mm-hmm. But that was a long time ago. And mm-hmm. also we have to go back to the conversation of when should you release a movie like this? Because when Superbad came out, it was in August. And if mm-hmm. you look at its competition, it pales in comparison to what Aladdin was this week. So I do think it might have been the smarter yeah. move. One, to maybe move the release date, maybe to something like August, where other movies have the opportunity to catch on because there's nothing else out there. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. also, there's a report that just crossed our radar right before we started today. This is coming from Deadline, and they're saying that Late Night, which is the movie that stars Mindy Kaling and and, uh, Emma Thompson, that movie was originally scheduled to go wide on June 7th. Now, instead, it's going to be limited and go wide on June 14th, which could have been a tool Annapurna used to build Mm, buzz. Start by releasing Booksmart Limited and then let that build and then make more money over time. Because even at this point, even after, you know, it's a done deal, it came out, it made as much as it did. I am very hopeful that from this weekend to next weekend, there is mm-hmm. going to be enough word of mouth, mm-hmm. not even just from us, but like you look on Twitter and there are so many Hollywood heavyweights mm-hmm. with millions of followers that are constantly saying, this is a great movie. You should all see it. That should be enough momentum to get it more money in weekend two. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think it'll have legs because of that. And I think we'll see it hold on to that like seven spot longer or like stay in the top 10 longer because of like that longevity, because Mm -hmm. the new marketing is Twitter. Like that is something people pay attention to. I see more because of Twitter than I see because of TV because I don't have cable. So I think that is the way they're going to get people into it. Especially for the audience for Booksmart. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Booksmart underperformed. Aladdin overperformed. Cool. Is there any reason why that happened beyond it just being a Disney live action adaptation? No. <laughs> do, do you know why it happened? Why? Cookie, mint chip ice cream, other cookie. I remember this. Even if it's moldy, you're going to eat it because it has all the ingredients you but want. But it turned out to be not so moldy. Right. But it, it appeared but it, moldy. But it I was, still took a bite. You know, talking about that, that, that thing of like, look, man, movies are getting more and more expensive. Yeah. Um, there was a great conversation about accessibility and like who should kind of be to blame for Booksmart not performing well and people were blaming Aladdin and people were blaming hey don't go see Avengers Endgame for the fourth time go see Booksmart and I think that's all valid but at the end of the day you know regular movie going audiences not movie LA nerds but regular movie going audiences are like I got 15 bucks am I going to drop this on an unknown quantity or am I going to drop it on Oh, this is Aladdin. I like Aladdin. Oh, Will Smith's in this. I'll probably like. Do you know what I mean? It's like that's what it came down to. Is that it was it was. And the well, other day, you, your moldy <laughs> metaphor, whatever that was. Yeah, it's a known property. It's and a known it's, property. It's a known yeah. deliciousness, and yes. it's the spectacle of the chocolate chip yes. sandwich. You're getting like, your money's worth. You're getting you know money's worth. Yes. Whereas, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas you can watch Booksmart at home, and maybe right. you feel you get the same experience. Correct. I argue that comedies are much better served in the theater because yes. you get that uproarious, oh, yes. like that crazy feel. Yeah. And I think it's really important to see them weekend one, one to tell studios you want that kind of movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, you're voting with your wallets, but also it, it reminds you what movies are meant to be. They're meant to be shared. It's a Communal, community experience. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. fit 40 people in your house unless you can afford many movies. Booksmart in particular does benefit from being a communal experience. Cool. It no doubt is something that I'm going to watch and rewatch and just like laugh myself to death on my couch by myself. But if you have that experience with a theater full of people yeah. like I got to have this weekend, I think it is a little extra special then. Quickly, before we move on, yes. Avengers Endgame is officially $111 million away from Avatar's record. You got it. Let's go see it this weekend. You got it, Perry. Yep. Loud and clear. Message <laughs> received. We got to go right now. Got to go Saturday. Is it going to happen or is that mm. amount too far away? You know what it's got in five weeks? Spider-Man Far From yes. Home. So you know what's going to happen? It's going to dip 40-50% every week until Spider-Man Far From Home and then yeah. Spider-Man Far From Home it's going to raise up about five million, I think, that weekend. Put it right over the edge. Week three of Spider Man, like a Phoenix from the Ashes, wow. unlike the Phoenix from the Ashes. I don't know. <laughs> Dark Phoenix. <In> a, <laughs> I like that. In attempt to do a little really quick math before showtime, I was looking mm-hmm. at Avengers: uh, Infinity War and how much it did from this point on in its theatrical run. And I was thinking maybe like another thirty million dollars domestic. I'm not mm-hmm. sure uh, how much million? work it would take to to calculate this, all the this... foreign box office amounts. Oh, I but... see. Is this hundred million uh, contabulating all of Avatar all worldwide? Hold Worldwide, yep. So Avengers worldwide. Endgame worldwide is 100 million away? Yes, roughly. And All it right. just passed Avatar domestically. You it, know what we got to do? Is, All Marvel Studios Disney has to do is uh, in like five years, it's just like re-release it, put it back in theaters. Well, well, that is the thing, because the times. Avatar numbers, I think, do include yes. re-releases. Yes, of course. They all do. So, yeah. do, all right. so do Titanic, all those. Yeah. Titanic came out like five times. Yep. Yep. Like, 3D, 3D yep. X, 3D 4. So it can come cool. back out. And when yeah. they release the next phase of Marvel things, hopefully those numbers, like yep. it'll all, we'll, we'll get there. We yeah. shall see. All right, before we move on to story number two, which of course is the Venom rumor, <laughs> rumor, 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 I am going to let you know about some super cool stuff that you could find on the Collider Network. Actually, there was a really big wrestling event over the weekend, apparently, and Collider's pro wrestling sheet has all the details, and we're going to give you a little snippet of it right now. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, Perry here. We're taking a quick movie talk break so I can let you know that this episode of the show, it's brought to you by DC Universe, the first all DC platform for us DC fans. Join at DCUniverse.com and get sucked into new original series like the highly touted Titans or catch up on favorites like Krypton Season 1. Starting May 31st, you can jump into new episodes of Swamp Thing dropping weekly and follow Abby Arcane as she investigates what seems to be a deadly swamp-born 
virus in a small town in Louisiana and soon discovers that the swamp holds mystical and terrifying secrets. You can also get your comic book fix with thousands of new comic titles just added to an already impressive comic library. This includes more recent titles and complete storylines like Superman Secret Origin, Batman 2011, and Harley Quinn 2013. Also available on the platform are tons of the classic DC movies we love, like Batman and the original Superman movie. If animated films are more your speed, sign up now because Reign of Superman and Justice League vs. The Fatal Five are now available. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices, so if you were thinking about it before, now's the time. Join and get a year's worth of DC content at DCUniverse.com. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Stay little Chico, Pit Bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up, Collider fans? Ryan Satin here from ProWrestlingSheet.com, where you can find the top stories throughout the week in the world of professional wrestling. If you're a wrestling fan like myself, then you'd be doing yourself a disservice by not checking out all the shows we do every week on YouTube.com slash C slash Wrestling Sheet. In particular, on Wednesdays, we've got a SmackDown recap show hosted by John Roca and myself, where we pick apart and, and talk about every little thing that happened on the Blue Brand. So do yourself a favor and go subscribe at youtube.com slash C slash wrestling sheet. In addition to that, one more reminder, watch comic book shopping with Seth Green because you know what? Koi's awesome. And I hear Seth Green's movie is awesome too. So check that out. Enjoy the show. All right. Story number two. This is a big one. I'm just going to say it again because I can't say it enough. These are rumors, please. These are rumors, but we are going to speculate right now. We are going to take what we know and what we're hearing and figure out what the future of the MCU could entail. So this first rumor claims that Deadpool might be added to the MCU in one of three ways, through a solo film in a Disney Plus series or in a supporting role in Spider-Man 3. But then Rob Liefeld took to Twitter and he said, so explain this to me again. Tell me how Disney will give rival studio Sony Pictures the platform to introduce and capitalize on Deadpool meeting Spider-Man. Did Disney buy Sony and I didn't hear about it yet? Very fair point right there. That is a good point. In addition to that, we also have Roger Wardell tweeting, there are no plans to add Deadpool in an MCU Spider-Man 3, but Sony desperately wants Tom Hardy's Venom in this movie. Deadpool had his own movies, but never showed up in the main X-Men films. It will be the same for the MCU. Briefly for Deadpool, just to clarify and see if we're all on the same page, 
page here. Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense for Disney, which just acquired Deadpool, yes. to then let that character be introduced in the MCU through a movie distributed by Sony. Correct. I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. But to, just, to, just to clarify that last sentence that you read, the rumor from Roger mm-hmm. uh, uh, Prophetic Wardell from Twitter, he's saying that... Um, that uh, uh, what is it? What's the last sentence? Can you read that again? The very last sentence was Deadpool had his own movies, but never showed up in the main X Men films. Right. It will be the same for the MCU. So he's saying that Disney's planning to continue to make Deadpool movies, but mm-hmm. never cross it over. Yes, that's a mistake. Don't do that. I don't think do that. <laughs> that one of the things that makes Spider Man and Deadpool so great is Deadpool's crush on Spider Man yeah. and forty something year old Ryan Reynolds having a crush on twenty something Tom Holland. Real weird. Uh, and I also mm-hmm. think it's a PG thirteen take on Spider Man. I, I think it's like using Steve Ditko's Spider-Man. He didn't incorporate Deadpool into that. Like, right. th- it's a Ditko-based Spider-Man, not right. a modern-based Spider-Man. But so that was- I, I will say this. I will say this. I think that the... the, the I, I think don't base a movie around it, right. but instead do a Deadpool movie that is allowed to interact with characters of the MCU. I put it out on Twitter. I pitched it. Just my little pitch. I was like, Deadpool versus the Marvel Universe. I know that the comic series is called Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. I don't mm-hmm. know if Disney would go that far, but if they, if they put out a movie called Deadpool versus the Marvel Universe, which is Deadpool 3... And then they allow any and every MCU actor who wants to show up in a rated R movie and play and make fun of themselves, yep. including Tom Holland, including Chris Evans, including like like status of their character be damned. It kind of doesn't matter. It's in continuity, but not just like Deadpool comics. Like he breaks the fourth wall. You know, he's part of larger events. He's in continuity, but not. He'll reference things that, you know, and that's fine. Uh, I think that that movie and let it be rated R. Right will make bank Evans as Human Torch and Cap and like that, you that play with that mythology exactly like, but still but still being able to tell a just like the Deadpool movies like a solid movie throughout that if you took away all the jokes it's still there's like a solid movie there so coincidentally enough uh, in the hour long interview I did with Rob Liefeld here uh, Collider we talk about <laughs> both a Spider-Man Deadpool crossover what would and wouldn't work and Rob and I talked about a Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe yeah. which we discussed as the way to have an R-rated take on these characters that's the agreed. only way to make it work because the only way that canon works is if you mm-hmm. make it not canon if as soon right. as you try to tie these things together like there's yeah, two don't. charles xavier's in the deadpool universe exactly. for a reason don't. realistically though yes. do you think disney do you think the mouse Honestly, will ever realistically, do such a thing? yes and let me tell you why because like we were talking about realistically they just bought fox they just bought the deadpool franchise that thing that franchise makes money mm-hmm. and it does what it does just like when disney bought star wars and just like when disney bought marvel they already had disney princesses covered they were like we need stuff for the boys we don't have boys so then they bought marvel they're like great now we have young boys like that was their thinking why would they then buy deadpool just to like neuter it and be like eh, we'll get it to fit with no it's already doing what it does and i think that even though we've all we've all seen that kevin feige has said they have no plans to make a rated r movie this thing could have thrown a wrench in the plans this I, whole acquisition i don't necessarily think they would ever take deadpool and maybe strip away the right. r rating so but then if what's they, the solution but if stop they, if they keep it, I think it is yeah. much more likely that it's going to be along these lines, which is separated. MCU and Deadpool completely separate. I think I, I get that, but I think that Marvel Studios is at crossroads here. Just, you know, go for the gold. Mm-hmm. Go for the opportunity to make fun of yourself before any other movie studio can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make like like you got to do the end of Eminem. You got to be the rabbit that makes fun of yourself before uh, Anthony Mackie can do it in, in, at the end of 8 Mile. And and if you do that, you're not only going to get the rated R fan fan base of Deadpool movies up to this point, but you're mm-hmm. also going to get people going, wait, what? Who's in this movie? And Who's you've in got the Deadpool as Cusco, go who breaks continuity for you, who keeps you away from messing up your past. That's and- 
and how, that's how you get the end game money. And, and it's literally a billion dollar industry, the Deadpool movies and the Avengers movies. So yes. why not put them together? Before moving on to yes. Venom really quickly, a question from the live chat is from Brian Rogalski, who's asking, what about something on Disney Plus? So I still think that the Disney branding, the yes. mouse image yes. is going to incorporate Disney Plus as well. But maybe streaming services like Hulu is a place to get a little more daring and R-rated. Maybe. I would just want Deadpool to stay a two-hour, like, big-budget movie. As cool as mm-hmm. an ex- as excited I am for Disney+, Plus, I feel like Disney+, Plus even, still feels more mousy and more family-friendly than it's just like, and Disney's releasing a Deadpool movie in theaters. Like, that yeah. still feels separated to me than the Disney brand. Disney shut down, Marvel shut down the Deadpool Donald Glover show. I don't see them picking up something similar. Mm-hmm. They, they ended yeah. the literal possible best representation oh. of the character of all time. Oh. I will never forgive them fully. <laughs> now let's get into the Venom question, especially with uh, what we were pretty much just talking about, about Disney liking things branded their way, and in particular when it comes to the MCU. I think the reason we're at this point with that franchise is because Kevin Feige has been the architect of it all. Is there any chance whatsoever, regardless of this rumor, of them ever allowing a character that was in a Sony movie to make the move over to the MCU? I could see it being the opposite, where eventually when the deal runs out, Tom Holland's Spider-Man mm-hmm. has to revert back to Sony, but I don't see it going the other way. I love the way that you phrased that question, Perry. She's so yep, freaking she's good at this. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. You're welcome on this show anytime you want. Because I love the way you phrased it, because that's really the, that's what the situation is. I think that in an alternate universe where, don't hate me, Coy, where Venom is a fantastic script, Stellar performances, super well received, makes a bunch of money. Everybody, everybody agrees, and they're on board. They're like, "This Venom is really good." Picture something like Logan, for example. Okay. Remember when Logan came out and everyone was like, "Logan's amazing," or even the first Deadpool. Mm-hmm. In that alternate universe, I do believe that Kevin Feige plans and 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 rivalries and deals be damned would be like, "Yeah, yeah, let's bring Venom into the thing." But that's not the universe that we live in. Venom was a little bit of a. I don't want to say joke, but like people had fun with that movie and they thought it was very entertaining. But I think overall, generally speaking, people are like, it's not great. It's like mid-tier or lower-tier MCU movie. It felt like a mid-2000s superhero movie, which is cool. And it found its audience, and I'm really glad it did. And I was entertained the heck out of it. I bought it on Blu-ray. I got it on 3D, imported it from Germany. It's so fun to watch. (laughs) But at no point in watching that movie am I like, yeah – Solid. Just pretend it's in the MCU at no point because and it's it, it's just too conflicting. Kevin Feige has publicly separated himself from Venom. Correct. There's the Amy Pascal Correct. interview where he moves it over here. There's a lot of visual yes. like, no, 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 no. Yes. And that's that's not going to change. Yeah. And I also think that it is only one movie away from Spider-Man going back to Sony. We haven't right. heard Evolution. We haven't heard things change. It's Tom Holland is a Sony Spider-Man. He's not a Marvel Spider-Man. He's a Marvel handshake Spider-Man. Yeah. And that's what I think people are forgetting. I don't know why Sony would give up more traction when they have so much less. Like, MIB's tracking at 40 million they need venom like yeah. th- that's what i'm worried about i feel like it's more likely that disney buys sony next year and that's how this oh, happens that that's absolutely <laughs> terrifying disney, I mean, please don't really just please going don't off the conversation we're having about them keeping their image their yes. way that would just take away even more creativity than we've already lost in this whole process Agreed. but what do you think is going to happen assuming that doesn't happen <laughs> with this sony marvel deal is there a time in the very near future where they announce that they've reassessed and re-upped maybe i think that they can keep doing that on a movie by movie basis but in my opinion i think that sony would be foolish to let the tom holland spider-man stuff go away just because they're like well why we're going to cut out the middleman and bring it back to their studio so that they can make all the money because what's going to happen is it's going to be very very clear very quickly 
that the creative forces that have helped the Tom Holland iteration of Spider-Man it's up to this Marvel. point are not there. And it's going to become something like Venom. It's going to become something like the Ghostbusters reboot. It's going to become something like a Men in Black sequel. We haven't seen uh, International yet. Yeah, I think it looks really good. I'm super excited about it. With the exception of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which was, my God, did they cast the right creatives? <laughs> and did that fly under the radar for them to be like, hey, we found the, we found the perfect story to tell with Miles to, to, to sort of prove its existence in animation. We've done it. With the exception of that, I don't think any single thing from Spider-Man to, in the year 2007 up to now that Sony has been able to do Spider-Man movie-wise has felt like it is to serve the character versus we're making a commercial product. Mm-hmm. It's super tough to make these movies. I get that. I get it. But Sony has had a really tough go of it recently with the, with these with these sort of fandoms, and I think they would be foolish to let that slip away just because they're like, well, we could make more money. It's like, no, you're going to continue to share money if you work with Marvel Studios and Disney and build up this character. I think Homecoming's box office is really going to help us because of how well it did. It did comparable to Spider-Man 3 numbers, which they hadn't done with all the amazings, and sure. I think they learned a lesson of like, if we shared this wheelhouse, we get to have the money we'd have... If if we just had it on our own, plus yeah. they get to share certain characters, plus the Marvel brand is only getting stronger. So yeah. I feel like Sony's going to keep sharing Spider-Man, but I do feel like they're going to start dabbling in like Spider-Man, Spider-Man. You can do your own stuff. And with Spider-Verse doing so well and the Spider-Man game on PS4, I feel like Spider-Man's so maybe at the strongest right now. So I'm afraid Sony's going to look a little greedy, but yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen well, that's before Morbius. or after Spider-Man 3. That's yeah. Morbius. That's, that's the like Sinister the, Six this, movie. That's Black Cat. Like, like Silver Sable with Black yeah. Cat. Like that's those movie projects. And and I've, I've still felt that, and I still feel this, that Venom at the end of the day was kind of misguided because but again it's like you can't blame them because they, they're leaving people money on up. the table people showed up but they're leaving money on the table not doing something with this incredibly popular brand so then Spider-Verse for me was the answer I'm like mm-hmm. go full on animation Sony just keep making your money that mm-hmm. way I don't I'm not really concerned about the producers the live action Spider-Man movie producers that were out of a job when Disney was like we're going to do Homecoming yeah like because frankly Spider-Man Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2 don't have the best track record for these producers, and you can go and listen to the commentary. I will talk about this all the time. Amazing Spider-Man 2 commentary opens. One producer asks another, hey, why did we film this in New York? And you're expecting a great Spider-Man producer answer to go, well, New York is intrinsic to Peter Parker. He's like a character. And he makes a joke, and he goes, oh, the tax breaks. (laughs) And it's literally Spider-Man, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And from that moment, I've just been like, see, this is why fans can't get behind y'all making your Spider-Man live-action movies. (laughs) Like, it, you know, where Feige would never say, even if he believed that. Right, he would never say that. He would never say that on a commentary. In life. You guys know you're recording, right? Like, this is real life. So that comment is even more upsetting after Into the Spider-Verse, where it's just yes. dripping New York in love, love for love. New York and for New York, for Spider-Man, for Miles, for Peter, for everything. It is, it is, a, it is, a, it is a labor of love. And I think the answer to the question is Venom could appear in a Marvel film if Sony gets desperate, which they're not yet because of how well Venom did yeah. and because of how well Spider-Verse knows the character. But I do think those characters will interact if Spider-Man ends up a little bit more Sony. All right. This question is probably going to have us tripping over ourselves a little bit, but I think it's one well worth bringing up. This one comes from Joey McQuaid, who's asking, can the introduction of the multiverse introduce them? So you brought up Spider-Man Far From Home before, Mm -hmm. Koi, and that is a way that this tweet has kind of, I don't necessarily want to say misinterpreted, because it does Mm -hmm. seem like a fair thing to say, well, if we get this character in Spider-Man 3, like this rumor is claiming, Spider-Man Far From Home would be the thing to crack the door open. So 
will they introduce the multiverse for real? And will that open the door to either this interpretation of Venom or maybe even another? If they'd made it more clear that the multiverse was the multiverse, I could see that happening. But they didn't make it clear that Venom didn't place, take place in a universe Spider-Man already existed. If there was another Spider-Man in Venom that they nodded to and that wasn't Tom Holland, then the multiverse concept is established. But since the only Spider-Man we have at Sony is Tom Holland in live action and the only Tom Hardy is Venom, I don't see them being able to explain that in a movie and have the crossover without the everyday moviegoer. The everyday moviegoer isn't going Sony versus Marvel, who owns who? Mm -hmm. They're just going, I like these movies. The multiverse in that would be like, wait, aren't they already together? It's Spider-Man and Venom. I know those guys. So I feel like it would just confuddle. And the multiverse concept in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is perfect, was so like brilliantly executed for that concept and for animation and for the story that was being told and to have those characters have relationships Miles and Gwen and Peter B. Parker and all these different characters they still had really strong relationships even though they were from different universes we haven't seen Far From Home yet I have a feeling that Quentin Beck is lying because he's a bad guy yeah 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 turns out he's a bad guy Quentin Beck and when he's saying you know I'm from another universe I'm like you know what I think you might be from 616 from, from the MCU is kind of what they're labeling it but we haven't seen how that movie plays all of that out But I think that there would be no bigger example of a cash cow, you know, cash in than if there were if if there if a future Spider-Man movie was like, oh, Tom Holland's uh, Spider-Man is meeting Tom Hardy's Venom from another multiverse. I'm like, stop. That's what I mean. It's perfect for the animated Spider-Verse thing. That's the whole point. And it was great for Miles. who lives in a universe where Peter gets to die and he gets to he gets to be this one and only Spider-Man for a couple of days. And then he has this adventure. But to do that would just be the ultimate uh, unless no, no Unless. coy. No coy. Uh-oh. I don't want to hear it, buddy. Not interested. Unless Venom 2 introduces Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, and then uh. you meet Tobey Maguire meeting Tom Holland, and therefore the multiverse is mm. explained with the new Spider-Man, and then Tom Hardy gets to exist in a con- Do we have to bring back right Toby? Age? Do we have to bring back Toby? I mean, I like Andrew Garfield, but Andrew I'm like Garfield's the one guy. Because Andrew Garfield's not going to want to do it, right? I'm like the, I'm the other guy. Oh, you're the other guy? I love Andrew Garfield. We're the Garfield. two guys. Before my head explodes, I think yeah. we have to wrap this episode <laughs> yeah. up, but that was insightful. Hopefully, we do get some concrete information on the future of Spider-Man in the MCU very soon. Maybe Comic-Con, maybe maybe D23. Mm-hmm. Who knows when it happens, when that news drops. We're going to cover it here on Movie Talk. But you know what? If you want more on this subject right now, or at least very soon, tune in for Heroes this week because they discuss the Deadpool rumor even more so. So we're going to have more information coming your way very soon there. Koi, thank you for being here as always. Hector, seriously, the door is open. You always have an invitation to You're come in for Movie Talk. She's the, the best. best. She's the best. You know who else is the best? Adam in the booth is the best. Dorian, behind the live chat, he's the best too. You guys are the best also. We love you. Thank you so much for watching this show. You know what will make you uh, in, in like our good graces even more so? Do you mm. know what it is? What? Liking. Liking this episode, sharing it, like telling liked. everybody you know about Movie Talk in podcast form. In 20 minutes, we still exist in podcast form as well, where you can rate and comment. Please spread the love. And guess what? We're going to be back here tomorrow, 3 p.m. PT, for more Movie Talk.